Hello again and welcome to the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... Okay, he's not here. Patrick Young is off this week, so I wanted to do some content. I didn't really know what to do uh, because our next review is a Super Clash or something from AWA. I wanted to do some sort of content on this week when we were going to be off. And lucky for me, someone on our Facebook group, the Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, Jason Tick, wanted a review of a certain Raw where Kurt Angle drives a milk truck. So I said, okay, let's do it. Thanks, Jason, for providing that useful tip. And uh, that's what I'm going to do this week. But first, I'm going to talk about some news in the world of professional wrestling. The first thing I wanted to bring up was, a couple weeks ago was the night after SummerSlam 2018. It was the third of four nights in Brooklyn for the WWE. Of course, Raw would be focused upon the brand new Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Now, also happening in New York City on that Monday night was a show called the Video Music Awards, hosted by MTV. I don't need to be the first to tell you this, but MTV is not as popular and it's not as culturally relevant as it used to be. It's a lot like pro wrestling in that regard. It's sort of lost a lot of its fan base. It's no secret the MTV Video Music Awards viewership has decreased year over year. That's true. So Raw went head to head, in quotation marks, against the Video Music Awards on that Monday night. But not really. Because Viacom had the MTV Video Music Awards on 10 channels. So yes, they went head to head. So Raw was on USA while the MTV Video Music Awards were across 10 Viacom-owned networks. When I go to reputable news sources, or when I see reporters that work with reputable news services, like big, the big guys, the, uh, the CNNs, the ABC News, the NBC News, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, ESPN, Sports Illustrated. I expect to get news without twisting of facts. And this one reporter for Sports Illustrated tweeted out on Tuesday, following Raw and the VMAs, more people watched Monday Night Raw, 3.1 million, last night than MTV for the VMAs, 2.25 million. Then it says... Hashtag the power of the shield at Roman Reigns at Rollins. Okay, here's a couple of problems with this post. It's incredibly misleading. Because I went to Deadline Hollywood, I was blown away by this figure. How could that be? That doesn't seem possible because even with dwindling numbers, the Video Music Awards is going to draw more viewers than WWE Raw. It's just a fact. So I went and researched it a bit. And I went to Deadline Hollywood, which is a website that also covers ratings and is very reputable as far as covering the television beat. And Deadline said, The simulcast on MTV and 10 more Viacom-owned outlets, the 2018 VMAs drew an overall total audience of 5.2 million. Now, I don't need to be a mathematician to tell you that 5.2 million is greater than 3.1 million. So, no, more people did not watch... WWE Raw than the Video Music Awards. Factually, it is correct that USA did a better number than MTV did on the night of the VMAs. That's factually correct. But Viacom divided their own audience by having the VMAs on 10 networks. I'll explain it like this. There's a set number of people out there that are going to watch the Video Music Awards. There's a set number of people that are going to watch pro wrestling. If you go ahead and take either program and spread them out across 10 networks, you will not have a net gain in viewership. So therefore, you divided your own audience. You had 2 million on MTV watching and you had 1 million on VH1. And if you're sitting there telling me, oh well, that's just because they were on 10 networks, that's why they got 5.2 million. No, because the people have the power to change the channel. So I responded to Jimmy Traina, who, by the way, in his Twitter profile, mentions how The Rock follows him. So he's a good friend with The Rock and, I assume, Roman Reigns. So that's why he tagged them at the end of the post, I guess. When I responded to him, I said, um, no, Raw did not beat the VMAs because they were on 10 networks. They divided their own audience. And he says, oh, well, that's why I said more people watched Raw than MTV for the VMAs. See, so he he took factual information and shifted it around to suit his narrative, to fit his narrative. I got a lot of response. A lot of people liked his response to me, as if I'm the joke, if I'm the loser. No, 
I didn't twist facts around. If MTV only had one outlet showing the Video Music Awards, they would have beaten Monday Night Raw. There's no question. But here's what happened on that Monday night. If I'm watching whatever comes on at 8 o'clock, Love and Hip Hop on VH1, I know the VMAs start at 9. Well, then the VMAs are magically coming on after what I'm watching. Why would I change the channel? So it's only because Viacom divided up the show amongst 10 channels that MTV lost to USA. That's the only reason. Because they divided their own audience. And more people actually watched the Video Music Awards than Monday Night Raw. Now you could say, oh, well, why don't they just put, it took 10 networks to beat one. That was one response to me. Well, no, actually, they divided their own audience. It hurt MTV by putting the show on more networks. If I put Raw on 10 Comcast-owned networks, we're not going to expand the number because there's a set number of people that are going to watch that program. And if you think that by putting Raw on multiple networks will increase the number, and if that's what you believed happened with the VMAs, you really think that little of people, that people are just that, oh, well, this is what's on. I guess I'm watching this. In this world of so many options for media, so many outlets, so many things to do. You're saying that we're all just zombies and that we just say, oh, well, it's it's what's on the TV. I can't change the channel. I guess I'll be watching this. I'm a pro wrestling fan. I love pro wrestling, but I don't live in a fantasy world where pro wrestling is popular. It's popular to a degree, but it's not mainstream popular. News outlets the next day on Tuesday were not covering what happened on Raw. They were not writing articles that the Shield reunited. No, they were covering what happened at the Video Music Awards. Also, Jimmy Traina, hashtag the power of the Shield, Roman Reigns and Rollins. The Shield reunion happened at the end of Raw. It was not advertised. It was a surprise. So the power of the Shield, the Shield drew zero viewers. That's correct. Zero people tuned in because of a Shield reunion because that wasn't advertised. Those three wrestlers, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins, were going to be on the show, but it's not like the Shield single-handedly defeated the VMAs. No, they didn't defeat the VMAs, and they didn't even draw any numbers because their reunion happened at the very end of Raw. So, I just wanted to take some time and defend myself and try to explain why Jimmy Traina, a Sports Illustrated writer, is wrong about his tweet about Monday Night Raw versus the VMAs. Does he have some degrees of truth in there? Yes. But is he correct? No. And I don't usually buy into media bias or people are out to get you or whatever, or that the media is left or right or whatever. I don't buy into that. Jimmy Traina and Sports Illustrated certainly gave me my first lesson in that, yes, media companies will spin whatever they want to to suit their narrative, to suit their friends. He's friends with Dwayne Johnson, and Dwayne Johnson is Roman Reigns' cousin. So he wanted to put this tweet out, and he's a wrestling fan. So he wanted to suit the narrative. If you're not a reporter, this tweet is fine. This tweet is harmless. But it's scary when a reporter, who is supposed to be down the middle, is tweeting something like this. So that's very concerning to me. And just to reiterate, no... Raw did not beat the Video Music Awards. In other wrestling news, now that I'm done with my rant, which took way too long, Chuck Liddell has pegged November 24th at the Forum in Inglewood, California for his third match with Tito Ortiz also. It'll be his return from retirement, as Chuck Liddell retired several years ago and is now coming out. This is a fight promoted by Golden Boy Promotions, Oscar De La Hoya. Chuck Liddell is now 48 years old, has not fought since 2010, and has beaten Ortiz on the previous two meetings. So, there you go. November 24th, if you want to watch uh, two really old MMA guys fight, that's your ticket. I'm not going to give any spoilers out, but one of the finalists in the Mae Young Classic tournament that's going to culminate at WWE Evolution was injured in her last match. So there's some question mark as to whether that match will actually occur. But she does have two months to recuperate, so we'll see if that match actually takes place or if it was something serious. They might have to do some reshooting of the Mae Young Classic in order to get the desired outcome that they want. So, something interesting to keep an eye on there. WWE is returning to Saudi Arabia on November 2nd. So, almost immediately after doing WWE Evolution, a all-women's pay-per-view, they will do a all-men's pay-per-view. 
Actually, we don't know if it's going to be streaming on the network yet, but they're going to Saudi Arabia about a week after Evolution. So there you go. If you like all men wrestling pay-per-views, well, you can either watch that or just go back to, you know, the early 90s when there was no female wrestling on WWF television. I'm recording this on August 30th. That means Saturday is all in the 10,000-seat indie wrestling pay-per-view experience put together by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. It'll be airing Saturday night. It's airing on Fight, F-I-T-E, as well as if you can get Honor Club, which is the streaming service by Ring of Honor. Those two services will be showing it. Also, it's going to be available on New Japan World, though not live, so you will have to watch it delayed. I don't know how long it's going to be delayed, but you will get it if you subscribe to New Japan World. It starts at 7 o'clock. The pre-show is at 6 o'clock on WGN America. And what I wanted to mention about the pre-show and WGN America is that if you're a cord cutter, like I am, I don't have a cable subscription, you're going to have to find some way to see the pre-show if you want to that is probably not legal. Uh, because WGN America is not available on any streaming service, really. I've looked, and it is not available on any of the major cord-cutting streaming services, so that pre-show, it'll feature uh, the Battle Royal and a tag match. I don't know how important that is to you, but I'm sure with enough searching on Saturday, I'll be able to find a, a reputable link to stream the all-in pre-show. All-in zero hour, excuse me. We will be watching All In on Saturday night, but we will not have a review of the show. I highly encourage you to download Post Wrestling's review. That's John Pollock and Wei Ting. They are going to actually be in Chicago for All In. They're doing StarCast, and they will have a full review posted late Saturday night, early Sunday morning at postwrestling.com. They are the best reviewers in the business. Next to us, of course. No, no, they're actually the best. They're the best. You can download it there, and you can get all caught up on All In. This week it was announced that Neville is apparently free of his contract. He was held up in contract limbo as he had walked out after the Enzo Amore debacle with him uh, being asked to lose to Enzo. I believe it was in October or November of last year. He walked out. He didn't want to work anymore. So they froze his contract. So I guess he had spent the last several months trying to get out of his contract. And from what I've read on the internet from all the... Uh, wrestling news sources, is that Neville is not only out of his contract, but he's out of his non-compete as well. So he will be able to appear at All In on Saturday, so that's a rumored appearance, possibly in the Battle Royal, which will air on WGN America. So uh, that might be a reason to go out and seek the All In Zero Hour show to see the re-emergence of Adrian Neville, who will be going by a different name. We'll see what name he decides upon. That's if he shows up. That's still a big if. And like anything with wrestling news, who knows if the actual non-compete is up or not. You just have to kind of hope, you know, with wrestling news. That's 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 the thing with wrestling news. That's why that's why dirt sheets are not in the same company as a Wall Street Journal. For this week's review, let's go back to another Raw that aired after SummerSlam. 17 years ago, 2001, August 20th, we're in Sacramento, California for WWF Raw is War. We start the show by seeing earlier today, Austin and Deborah entering the locker room of the Alliance to a big round of applause. The Alliance is pumped because it's Stone Cold Steve Austin Appreciation Night. He whipped Kurt Angle's ass last night is what they tell him. We'll get into that later. But as I look around this room of the Alliance, I see several that I remember being in the Alliance, and then I see Test, Andrew Martin, standing there. I'm very confused. Apparently, he had been jumped by the APA a month ago. They thought he was working for the Alliance because he was friends with Shane McMahon. So, to prove the APA wrong, on August 9th, Test, Andrew Martin, joined the Alliance. That is why Test is with the Alliance. Tommy Dreamer is sure to get in a few lines at the end. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. Dang 
it feels like family in here. Everybody feeling good? Let me tell you, it makes my heart feel good to see all the Alliance members here tonight. It feels like family. To know that you guys are here to honor me. First ever Stone Cold Steve Austin Appreciation Night. Do you, do you know how long I've waited for this? You know, if you guys appreciate this half as much as I appreciate it, it means I appreciate it twice as much as you do. That's a joke. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate the fact that you guys appreciate me. And, uh, you know, I've led by example ever since I jumped on board. Here with the Alliance, I've led by example. I led by example last night when I whipped Kurt Angle's ass. That's what I did. sticking together and following my example, it's going to create huge superstars in this room. I guarantee that. I am telling them. And for the record, just for the record, I will continue to lead by example tonight. If Kurt Ankle shows up his little face here tonight, I got plenty more where last night come from. Do I make myself clear? I'll see y'all later tonight, and I appreciate how much you appreciate it. Then the Alliance all chant for Steve, and he leaves. The Thorn in My Eye intro plays. Then we get Missile Pyro, which a month from now wouldn't be in such good taste. Last night at SummerSlam, The Rock became the WCW champion. What? Yes, I guess I should pause for a second and tell you that this is during the invasion period of the WWF when... Team ECW and Team WCW had joined together without most of the top WCW stars to take on the WWF, which had a bunch of defectors, including Stone Cold Steve Austin, to help out their team because these WCW stars and ECW stars, they're not shit. You gotta put WWF guys with them. In March, WCW went out of business, ECW had gone bankrupt. They inherited a bunch of WCW stars and belts. Vince wanted to do his own WCW show. No one was interested in that. So then they gave the last 20 minutes to WCW one night on Raw. It was a disaster between Buff Bagwell and Booker T. So they scrapped that. So then they had the Alliance, which was led by Shane McMahon, Paul Heyman, and Stephanie McMahon. Too many McMahons, but whatever. I think we all know what happened with this angle, but that that's what's going on. It's... WWF versus these invaders in quotation marks, as most of them were on the roster before the invasion and would be there after the invasion. So there you go. Yes, yeah, so The Rock became the WCW champion last night at SummerSlam. He beat Booker T, so he is The Rock. In the lineage of the WCW title, The Rock's name is in the books. Seems so strange. We're at the Arco Arena, which closed down in 2016 as the Sacramento Kings would move on to the Golden One Center. JR and Paul Heyman are on commentary as Jerry the King Lawler was still estranged from the company. After they fired his wife, the cat, he walked out as well, only to return later this year. So Sarah Taker, we're told, has challenged DDP to a match. That's right. Not Undertaker. His ex-wife in 2018, Sarah, his current wife in 2001, is going to take on former WCW champion Diamond Dallas Page tonight. We go to WWF New York, remember that? It's packed as Lita comes out with Molly Holly and Jacqueline. She's selling a knee attack from Heat last night as Ivory Chop blocked her, and she was distracted by Stacy and Tori. Ivory, apparently one of the defectors, uh, joining with the Alliance. Stacy Keebler... Ivory and Tori Wilson are out for the Alliance. Oh boy. So out of these six wrestlers, uh, four can wrestle. Molly hits a bridging Northern Light suplex for a near fall on Ivory. Tori and Stacy are shown to be cowards. They just jump down from the ring apron when Ivory needs a tag, so they, they don't want to get in there. Jacqueline comes in, clotheslines Ivory for a near fall. Tori gets the unwanted tag and slowly creeps into the ring, gets taken down by Jacqueline with a tackle, and then some terrible-looking strikes to her head. Jacqueline is able to double-clothesline both Tori and Stacy. She tags in an injured Lita, which made zero sense. The woman on the bad leg, yes, tag her in, and Ivory comes back in for the alliance. 
Lita keeps selling the leg, and Ivory says, you know what, I'll just stomp at it. Naturally, Lita, on a bad leg, propels Ivory across the ring with her legs, and then hits an enziguri. The woman with a leg injury, yes, those were the two moves she hit before tagging Jackie back into the match. Jackie takes an X-Factor from Ivory, but hits a Tornado DDT to her off the second rope, and the WWF win this match as Stacy and Tori look terrible in their few moments in the ring, and poor Ivory had to do all the work and take the beating. What a way to start the night off. The Dudley boys fist with Test and congratulate him on their big win last night. They were part of a six-man. Stephanie tries to make things right with Test. If you remember, Stephanie and Test were due to be married. They were getting married on an episode of Raw when Triple H came out and revealed that the night before, he uh, drugged and raped Stephanie and then took her through a drive through wedding chapel. Even though Triple H was really the bad guy in that scenario, for some reason, Test should be upset with Stephanie. Well, because Stephanie would then come back to her abuser and get remarried to him. In shoot and kayfabe, by the way. Stephanie says, last night, Rhino didn't beat Chris Jericho, so I need you, Test, to take out Jericho from me. Test says to Stephanie, you're not a witch, Stephanie. You're a bitch. But I like what you're about. So he agrees to the match for tonight. They shake hands, so all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Hey, you did a hell of a job last night. You can tag with us anytime you want. Guys, <laughs> last night was perfect. <laughs> We're on the road to success and respect. We out the APA at Spike. Bubba, Devon, would you mind leaving Tess and I alone for a moment? Yeah. Whatever you need, boss. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Right. Listen, Test. We might not have ended things on the, the best note. But, you know, we were kids then. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. You didn't know what you were doing. We're so much more mature now. And I really need your help. The Alliance needs your help. I'm listening. Okay, you know me very well. And you know that I can be a real witch when I don't get what I want. And last night at SummerSlam, I did not get what I wanted. Rhino did not defeat Chris Jericho in the middle of the ring. And that's where you come in, Test. Because you're the man, and I firmly believe that you can take Chris Jericho out for good tonight. You know something, Steph? You're not a witch. You're a bitch. But you're a good bitch. And I always like that about you. And I'm a team player. So I'll help you take out Chris Jericho tonight. Except tonight, I'll get the job done. Hey, Tess. See you out there. The Rock is out to an electrifying ovation. odd to see The Rock tote around the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Big Goldie does not look right on The Rock's shoulder. Professor Rock taught Booker T many lessons. The Rock Bottom 101. The People's Elbow 101. Now Booker T, last week, you said that come SummerSlam you were going to take The Rock to school. Well, Booker T, after last night at SummerSlam, it was The Rock that took you to school. And not only did The Rock take you to school, but he taught you lessons of a lifetime. You see, Booker T, Professor Rock, he taught you People's Elbow 101. Advanced Rock Bottom 407. And above all else, the lesson The Rock taught you was getting your monkey ass whipped. One, two, three. Rock, by the way, has no nameplate on his newly won belt. Rock brings out a mini Booker T, that's right, little person, Booker T. A bit they still use in 2018, just ask Big Cass, who got fired for 
shooting on the little person, amongst other things. Anytime The Rock puts a mic in front of the little Booker T, he just says sucka at the end of everything he's saying, and that's his line of jokes. Whoa, 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 Booker T. You don't have to get mad at The Rock. Don't be angry at The Rock. Because you're still a fantastic athlete. You still have a great body. Yeah, and my, my hair is pretty too, sucker. Rock wants the little Booker to do a spin so he does. The Rock has the little Booker T do some dancing. He asks Mini Booker if he can dig it. The Mini Booker says no, which perplexes The Rock. The Rock asks him if he wants to keep dancing. Then they're interrupted by Lance Storm. Lance cuts a promo echoing my mind as he says midget humor isn't funny, and he says the real joke here is that The Rock is carrying the WCW title. Then he challenges The Rock for the WCW title tonight. This is a sad, sad display, Rock. Yes, it is. Tell him, Lance. It's a sad day in this business when mocking your opponent via midget is an acceptable form of entertainment. Storm's got no sense of humor. It's not entertainment at all. Now, no one enjoys a good laugh more than I do. Right. But this ain't funny. If you want something that's funny, Rock, you want a real joke, that's you carrying the WCW title. Which brings me to why I'm out here to challenge you to a WCW title match right here tonight. To which The Rock says to this up-and-comer from WCW, someone we need to really get over, who in the blue hell are you? And then The Rock says, just bring it. Landstorm gives the best comeback ever in wrestling promo history. That's splendid, Rock. Because not only will I bring the WCW title back to the Alliance, but your days of unabashed hijinks are about to end. The days of your unabashed hijinks are about to end, and then he super kicks the little booker. For no reason, apparently, and leaves. Last night in that aforementioned six-man tag, Shane cost the APA and Spike Dudley the match against the Dudleys in Test with a chair shot. He also interfered in the WCW World Title match with Booker T and The Rock as he hit The Rock with the bell. The Rock still won, and the APA ended up catching Shane and giving him his comeuppance. Up next on Raw, we have a 12-man tag team contest. That's right. Two six-man tag teams going at it. Because why not? For the WWF, we have the APA, The Big Show, Billy Gunn, Scotty Tuhati, and Spike Dudley, a hilarious combination of wrestlers. The Alliance sends out the Dudleys, O'Hare and Palumbo, Tommy Dreamer, and Hugh Morris, another odd combination of wrestlers. We get a big clothesline from Simmons to Palumbo. Scotty Tuhati takes out Hugh Morris and Dreamer with a clothesline. I'm not kidding, yes, Scotty Tuhati, the littlest guy on the team, next to Spike, takes out Hugh Morris and Dreamer with a clothesline. Then Billy Gunn hits the Coloss to Palumbo. The Dudleys go for was up to Gunn, but Spike saves him. Farouk hits a fallaway slam to Bubba off the second rope. Spike hits his coup de gras Finn Balor tribute to Tommy Dreamer as he stomps him off the top turnbuckle. Goes for the acid drop, but Dreamer counters it into a neckbreaker. Then hits a sit-out powerbomb and rolls it into a half-crap, which Tommy Dreamer getting a little technical here on little Spike Dudley, but Bradshaw breaks it up. D'Lo and Bubba double-team Spike. Spike hits the acid drop to Hugh Morris, and now both teams need the tag. Big Show runs wild. Big Show rocking a singlet here in 2001, looking awful, by the way. And now cue the finisher parade as O'Hare gets a clothesline from Hell. Palumbo super kicks Bradshaw. We get a spine buster to Palumbo from Farouk, a modified 3D to Farouk from the Dudleys, and then a regular 3D to Spike, a Famouser to Bubba, a Flapjack to Billy Gunn, from Hugh Morris, but he misses the No Laughing Matter. Scotty then hits the worm to Hugh Morris. Dreamer DDTs Scotty Tuati. Big Show then chokeslams Dreamer and gets the win. As the WWF is now 2-0 tonight on Raw. This match stunk. The finisher parade was entertaining, I will give them that, but this match, I mean, just from the group of talent that was involved, I knew uh, what to expect. And I got it. Time for some Stone Cold Tributes. Yes, the Alliance pre-taped some tributes for Mr. Austin tonight on his big night. They pre-taped these tributes and they were all made to look like fools. First is Hurricane Helms, who 
is talking to someone off camera, and instead of talking about Austin, just talks about the Green Lantern instead. For years, the Green Lantern was my number one. My number one superhero. I loved everything he did. I mean, because you know why? Because he was the best. He beat everybody. He beat Sinestro, easy. He beat Dr. Polaris, Solomon Grundy, the Star Sapphire, the Black Manta. One time, check this out, he was in his box, and the box was yellow. And his power ring, it didn't even work on yellow. It, it does now, but at the time it didn't work on yellow. Anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is that in the past month, Steve Austin has shown to me new heights of how great a hero could be. And from this day forward, Steve Austin to me is my number one superhero. Then we get a Chef Boyardee commercial for Big Beefaroni played with Kane, summoning it from the heavens, not from hell. So it dropped from the ceiling into the bowl. And then poor Kane can't even eat it because he wears a mask that covers his mouth. This would be Kane's only appearance on the show tonight. I think he might have been injured. Great tasting Chef Boyardee Big Beefaroni. Open up a can for yourself. Sarah is shown shadow boxing in the back, getting ready for her big match against Diamond Dallas Page. Y2J is out next looking jacked. Wow. This was the days before the wellness policy here. He is jacked. He's going to take on Test. He was concussed last night and accepted the challenge today. Don't think they'd be doing that in 2018. He grabs the mic and questions how Test can have no testicles. And yet his name is Test. Last night at SummerSlam... Y2J finally beat the vicious Rhino. But it came at a price as Rhino beat the living hell out of me. He actually showed a true set. Unlike you, Test, after seeing you reunite with your ex, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, a question comes to mind. How can a man whose name is short for testicles have absolutely none? Test does not like this at all when he comes out with Stephanie. And he delivers a full Nelson slam to Jericho. Tries a power bomb, but Jericho gets out of it. Tries an insiguri, which Test falls too fast for, so it just looks like Jericho drop kicked him. Bulldog into Lion Salt, but Stephanie grabs his ankle and stops the lion salt attempt. Tess misses a big boot and goes outside of the ring, and Y2J chokes Stephanie. Yeah, that's right. Man-on-woman violence here as Y2J is choking Stephanie. Rhino then tries to save her, but gets taken out by Jericho. Jericho chases Stephanie, gets a big boot from Tess, and one, two, three, Jericho does the job for Tess thanks to the distraction from Stephanie. So the Alliance isn't going to go winless tonight. They have one. <laughs> they have one win to hang their hat on for the evening as Jericho goes down to test. Jericho is probably concussed again, and it's odd that Jericho couldn't see this big boot coming as he hit him in the face with the big boot, and Jericho was basically looking in his direction and somehow couldn't avoid this thing. This match was all about the storyline. There wasn't really much of a match. Uh, test got a win, so I guess that's notable. We go to JVC's Kaboom of the Night as Christian almost cost Edge the IC belt last night at SummerSlam by, you know, trying to interfere on his behalf but actually hurting him. Christian is happy about winning the King of the Ring, which Edge won, and he's happy about winning the IC belt, which Edge won. And he says, tonight I'm going to go out there and win the European title from Matt Hardy. Man, things are just going great for us, aren't they, Edge? And Edge just looks confused and says, good luck, go get him. And then Christian takes the Edge's King of the Ring Stanley Cup trophy to the ring with him for good luck. They show Sean Stasiak's tribute to Austin. It's just outtakes, as Sean can't get the words right. Is this a rib or what? No, this is Sean Stasiak's gimmick. He's booked to fail anytime he does anything. So he can't even cut a promo uh, praising Stone Cold Steve Austin. And later on tonight, he would fail in his attacking of the WWF. Anytime he would try to run in on big-name stars, he would get his ass kicked. He was booked to be an idiot. Stone Cold Steve Austin. What he means to me is a lot. I mean, he's the leader of the Alliance. He's the World Wrestling Federation champion. I mean, he inspires me. I mean, people thought before Steve Austin... Ah, sorry. Let's do that again. 
Before I was inspired by Steve Austin, well, I was people that. Can I go now? You know, for Sean Stasiak, it's don't. Uh... Take 23. It's Austin Appreciation Night every night because Steve is. Uh... Take 32. You know, for Sean Stasiak, it's don't. Uh... Yeah, I can't even start this. Take 41. Don't say the number. I've lost count. Beautiful. And for those who doubted me, well, uh, I, I changed my words around there because it's only a matter of time that Sean Stasiak makes his mark. Thank you, Steve. And he complied here with this promo. Mick Foley is eating an overpriced meal at WWF New York and puts over Angle kicking out of the stunner three times last night. As being very impressive, Mick says he's never done that. He says Angle is unstoppable despite being stopped last night and not being the WWF champion, so whatever. Set your VCRs now. WWF Excess debuts at 10 o'clock this Saturday on TNN. Yes, the WWF had made the move over to TNN. They were supposed to rebrand as Spike at the, at the launch of Raw arriving on TNN, and turned out Spike Lee did not like them using the name Spike, so he sued them. And so the name switch to Spike was delayed, and so they were just the national network. They were stuck as TNN for quite some time before finally getting the rights to that precious Spike name, which by 2018 they would abandon and are now the Paramount Network. Time for the WCW title match in the middle of the night. Storm is out first. JR calls Booker T's mini earlier tonight. Booker Wee rocks storms into the ring before Lillian can finish her announcement of his arrival. A Samoan drop from two from the rock. A super kick from Storm and Rock supercells and goes flying through the ropes. Lance goes out and gets him, rolls him in for a two count. Storm hits a springboard lariat for a two. Storm strikes are so much better than the rock. Sorry, rock, but striking just isn't your thing. A Spinebuster puts Storm down, but Rock is down as well. Rock hits a DDT for two. Heyman puts over Storm Mega Strong until Rock hits a Rock Bottom out of nowhere. One, two, three, and the WWF win again. Right when this match was starting to get going, it ended. On paper, this is something that I would love to see. This sounds like a dream match to me. A really good wrestler and The Rock? Let's, let's do it. The Rock has had great matches with Kurt Angle and other great technical wrestlers. I'm all for this match. But they only gave it, what, five minutes? And then it ended. Again, with the WWF winning, which, with everything else in the invasion, was pretty much how it always went down. What happened afterwards was totally unnecessary, as far as burying Lance Storm. They get the WCW belt back in Rock's hands almost as soon as the three count comes down. Rock calls for Booker Wee to come back out. Booker Wee tries the people's elbow, but stumbles over Storm. He does it again and is successful. He does another spinner and we go to break. So there you go. That was your number one contender for the WCW World title. Being embarrassed by a little person. Storm got his comeuppance from Booker Wee, but I think that, you know, when he super kicked the little Booker earlier tonight, that should have been the end of little Booker on the night. We come back from break and hear the story of Perry Saturn and Moppy. He dumped Terry Runnels for a mop. Neither of these two would be featured on the show tonight. Christian is out with the Stanley Cup King of the Ring trophy. Raw's War is brought to you by PlayStation 2, M&Ms, and Lugs. Christian greets all his fans in Sacramento. He insults Chris Webber's contract and says he'll never win a title. And he was correct about that. He says, tonight, I'll win the European title free of charge. All for you Sacramentians. Lita and the European champion Matt Hardy are out next. Jimmy Corderas is our ref. Christian drop toe holds Matt Hardy into the steps. Unprettier is blocked. A twist of fate is blocked. Christian tries a dirty pin, but Lita tells Jimmy and he catches him. Inverted DDT from Christian, and he almost wins the belt from a near fall. The Unprettier is countered into a twist of fate again. This time it connects, and Matt Hardy retains the coveted European championship. As we had two WWF guys here fighting, so... WWF wins again. I mean, they couldn't lose this match, even if they tried. We get still pictures from the Angle and Austin match from last night. Austin had to take out a billion referees. Dirty ref Nick Patrick then called for the bell and DQ'd Stone Cold Steve Austin, so Austin kept the WWF title. And then Nick Patrick was put in the ankle lock by Kurt Angle. 
It's about 10.15 at night on Monday, and Booker T has finally shown up for work. All the crew backstage is laughing at him, and he doesn't know why. But the real question is, why are you just now getting here, Booker T? The show's almost over. Frosted Tips' Michael Cole is now with DDP and asks him about taking on Sarah Taker. DDP thinks Sarah Taker wants to bang him in the ring. And then he gets right up in Cole's face as he cuts his promo about Sarah just wanting his body on hers. And he wants to do it in front of Undertaker, so it's like a weird cuck scenario or something. Tonight in a strange twist of fate, you go one-on-one live on Raw with The Undertaker's wife, Sarah. One-on-one. Me, DDP, and Sarah. Now, even though last night's endeavor I wouldn't consider successful, and I am hurting like hell off that cage, it all pays off tonight. You see, Cole, Sarah requested this match. Do you think she wants to hurt me? No, you idiot. She doesn't want to hurt me. She doesn't want to beat on me. She wants to be with me. She wants to feel her body up against mine. She wants to feel flesh to flesh. It's obvious that's why she requested this. But are you concerned at all about her husband, The Undertaker? I mean, he's going to be at ringside with his wife tonight. That doesn't concern me. The only thing that's better than me getting my hands all over Sarah is getting to do it in front of her old man because he's got to watch. Now I know he's going to be watching his precious little gem. I know he's going to want to protect her. But sometimes you got to pay the price to fulfill the fantasy. And that works for me. That's sick. We go back to the Stone Cold tribute videos. Taz says Stone Cold brought the old Taz back by beating him down. He needed to be tougher, and he thanks Stone Cold for doing it. Apparently there was some dissension in the alliance, and Stone Cold beat the shit out of Taz, and Taz liked it, apparently. General Manager William Regal and Tajiri are perving on some Tori Wilson bikini pictures when Booker T demands a title match tonight, and Regal says, oh, you're too late, and uh, your title ambitions came up a little short, and Tajiri and William Regal laugh. The Rock stole something from me, the WCW title, and I want a rematch tonight. Can you dig that? Tonight! You're too late, sunshine. The Rock's already successfully defended his WCW championship against Lance Storm. What the hell are you talking about, man? In fact... Your quest for the WCW Championship has come up a little short. (laughs) Yo, man. I want some masters. Ever since I got here today, people been laughing and snickering. I want to know what the hell is going on right now. You mean you don't know? No, I don't know. Well, well, the rock came to the ring and he had this little fellow with him. He looked just like you and... What? He had these little bow legs. He looked like a boomerang and he couldn't have stopped a pig running down a back alley. You think that's funny, though? He was dancing around, wasn't he? Yo, man, what the hell are you laughing at? Huh? You think that's funny? You just diss the Booker Man. Booker Man don't like that. And you know what? I'm so mad right now. I'm so frustrated. I'm going to take it out on somebody. And guess what? You're going to be that somebody. Tonight, I want you in a match, sucker. I thought you might have yeah. 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 what, what? what the hell? You know what? I ain't gonna even put my gear on for this. Your ass belonged to me. He'll be along shortly, sucker. Booker Man says everyone's been laughing at me today. I don't understand. Booker T challenges Tajiri, and Tajiri rips his clothes off to reveal that he had his gear underneath. Booker T says, I'm not even going to put gear on for this match. Booker Man just wants some respect, he says. So where was the Japanese buzzsaw slated in all of this? Well, last night he jobbed to X-Pac. They come to the ring, Booker T just beats down Tajiri, shoves Charles Robinson. Robinson lets Booker beat on Tajiri on the outside. Booker puts Tajiri in the Tree of Woe and chokes him with his jacket. Charles Robinson 
the WCW referee finally DQs his own guy. So even with the WCW referee, WWF wins here by DQ as Charles Robinson had had enough with Booker T. Booker T delivers a scissors kick to Tajiri and was presented really, really badly tonight. This is not the way to get this guy over. Undertaker's with Sarah. Are you sure you want to do this? Sure, let's go. Okay. The Fram Slam of the Week was a ladder match between RVD and Jeff Hardy from last night. It looked pretty good. I might actually go back and watch that. You gotta keep on rolling, baby. Limp Biscuit plays out The Undertaker and Sarah to take on DDP. DDP grabs the mic and just wants to talk to Sarah. He says, you can have the first shot. She pie faces him. He says, that was good. May I have another? And so he gets another, but then shoves her down. Undertaker wants to get in the ring. Taker drags DDP out of the ring behind the ref's back. By the way, the match hasn't started yet. Sarah keeps the ref's back turned for an eternity. As Taker beats DDP senselessly out on the ring mats, choke slams him while the ref is still distracted with Sarah Taker. He rolls DDP's lifeless body into the ring, asks the ref to ring the bell, which he does, and Sarah pins DDP. Congrats. Another WWF win tonight. Man, this battle between the Alliance is close. I don't know who's going to come out of this one on top. So in the record books, Sarah Taker has a win over Diamond Dallas Page, former WCW champion. The People's Champion, Diamond Dallas Page, who was booked to be a perverted creep in the WWF. So congrats, everybody. High fives all around. Let the bodies hit the floor as the Alliance is out with cookies and a red carpet. For the Stone Cold Steve Austin celebration, Paul Heyman compares great men to Steve Austin, including great leaders like Richard Nixon. There's never been a leader as great as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin comes out and Hurricane presents a gift to Stone Cold. He says that Austin is now Hurricane's new hero. He gives him his Green Lantern t-shirt, which luckily he had a shirt on underneath because I thought it would have been gross if he just took it off and was shirtless and like all the sweat and stuff. Here you go, Austin. So he gives Austin a Green Lantern t-shirt. Ryan Reynolds would be very happy about this. Canyon comes into the ring, says Austin is better than Canyon. We finally have our answer. As to who was better than Canyon. Canyon gives Austin a Who Better Than Austin shirt and a hug. Deborah says, Here's some Deborah cookies, your favorite. Here's a whole tray. Austin looks very confused, but he grabs the whole tray and gets a kiss on the cheek. Aw. Paul Heyman says, Now it's time for the video tribute that's cue it up, guys. And despite being part of the alliance, the WWF plays this tribute video for Austin, which is just a sizzle reel of Austin beating people up including Taz from the Alliance. We come back, and the Alliance is all huddled in the ring together, and Austin is facing them. Austin says it's the proudest moment of his life, and he was so proud that they all wore Alliance and Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts. They really came together tonight to show their appreciation. The crowd starts chanting for Angle. Taz, though, didn't wear an Austin shirt to the party. He wore a Taz shirt, and he gets the what treatment, and Austin rips the shirt off of Taz, so who comes to Taz's rescue? Of course, the guy he beat in his debut WWF match. It's Kurt Angle and a milk truck. He drives it right up to the ring and then backs it up as he realizes that he's got to get the hose out so he couldn't cross across the front of the truck, I guess, to get the hose, so he had to back it up, which was kind of funny. And at first, he just throws cartons, and I, at the time watching this, I would have been very concerned that this was the entirety of his attack, was just throwing milk cartons. Stasiak comes to take him out, and he just instantly goes down as Kurt Angle strikes him with milk. So, that's Stasiak's gimmick. He gets his ass kicked. He's a complete idiot. And the Alliance, despite one man being outside the ring, the Alliance just stands there as Angle gets a hose and hoses them all down with milk. The Alliance pretty much all sell the milk, except for Stone Cold Steve Austin. He will not sell this milk. He just stands there and takes it. He did not do the Mr. McMahon swimming in the ring spot from the beer blast. Then Angle climbs on the hood, opens up two cartons, and chugs it Austin-style, as Austin just stands there and looks in awe of this man who just wasted a lot of milk for... No reason. It was probably going bad anyway. Milk has a very short shelf life. As did this angle. Thank you. <laughs> this is this one of the proudest moments of my life. 
I look at this ring and I see family. I see, I see people I feel good with. People that appreciate me. People that love me. It's a family. And I'm gonna tell you something from the bottom of my heart. When I was beating the living hell out of Kurt Angle last night, I did it. I did it for you. I did it for each and every one of you. I did it for the Alliance. Look at you, you make me so proud. Everybody's got an ECW, WW, WCW, Stone Cold shirt on. Everybody's flying. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What are you doing? What? What kind of shirt is that on your chest? What? What kind of shirt is that? What? Is that a Stone Cold shirt? Is that an ECW shirt? Is that a WCW shirt? What? I thought we were here to appreciate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? I said I thought we were here to appreciate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Take that stupid shirt off. Take the shirt off. What? I said take the damn shirt off. You damn right, it's your bad. Take the stupid shirt off. I want it. Whoa! That's Kurt Angle's music, but my God, he, he wouldn't be coming out here in the... My God! What is that? That's... That's Kurt Angle, all right, but it's a damn milk truck. Kurt Angle's driving a milk truck down up to the ring. Angle just butted a milk truck right into the ring. And he's, he's throwing milk cartons at the Alliance. segment is certainly memorable, but it had been done before, and done better, in my opinion, when Austin did it to the corporation, because the corporation was mainly, I mean, its primary targets were Vince and Shane and the Stooges and non-wrestlers, so when they're getting hosed by beer, yeah, they can go down, and they can swim on the ring mat. And they can look like idiots, and it's fine. But here you have the entire WCW-ECW alliance. You basically have half of your roster in the ring looking like fools as they're doused with milk. Was it a cool moment? Yeah, it was a cool moment in that it's a, it's a, another raw visual moment that's really cool. But like I said, it's repeating just like the, the Booker T thing earlier tonight was a repeat of an angle that 
Shawn Michaels did with Bret Hart after the uh, screw job. He brought in a little Bret Hart into the ring and did the exact same stuff. You had two repeated gimmicks on this show. The original angles are always going to be better than Kurt Angle's angle, if that makes sense. Austin driving the beer truck is always going to be held in more regard with me than the uh, than the Kurt Angle uh, segment. I just think it fit it fit more with with that storyline than it does with this one. And also Austin's selling of the milk, uh, you know, just standing there and getting blasted, uh, you know, and looking stoic. Didn't do a lot for me. Uh, but this is certainly something that Kurt Angle recalls quite fondly, and he made it a big part of his Hall of Fame speech, and a lot of people love this moment, including Jason Tick from our Facebook page, so thank you for letting me relive this episode of WWF Raw from August 20th, 2001. Outside of the milk truck at the end of this night, uh, I think it's a totally skippable episode of Monday Night Raw, unless you want to just relive the invasion, which I don't think any of us really do. They had some nice storyline progression with Christian and Edge, which ultimately would, would lead to really nothing for Christian, and Edge would be propelled forward. Despite using uh, a little person in his comedy segment, I thought The Rock was very funny in his um, promo prior to the little Booker T coming out when he was talking about taking Booker T to uh, The Rock University. Lance Storm, actually, I liked Lance Storm's exchanges with The Rock. Lance Storm not as exciting on the microphone as The Rock is, so it's probably a mismatch in that way, but I was really looking forward to the match, and they really didn't deliver, which is a shame. I mean, at one point in WCW, Lance Storm carried, like, all the titles except the world title, and the match between The Rock and Lance Storm really let me down because it was just so one-sided. And Booker T, the little Booker T coming in at the end to just bury Lance Storm after getting defeated very quickly really bummed me out. But uh, I thought it had some promise if they had just given it some time. But no time for that. We gotta have the uh, big... Big stone-cold party at the end of the night. Also, just everyone from the Alliance looked bad. Uh, DDP getting beaten up by Taker. Uh, you had Booker T showing up late to work. And then beating down Tajiri. And then not even getting a win with his own referee, which I thought uh, made him look like fools. I mean, the Alliance were just made to look like fools tonight in general. And I mean, Sean Stasiak, yeah, it was his gimmick to be booked like a fool, but the rest of those guys, they did a lot of damage to the to the angle and to their own talent. To the detriment of their own talent, which even if they knew, okay, we're going to end this thing and they're all going to be WWF guys eventually, well, this isn't a good way to start. This isn't a good first step in your WWF main roster run. The only person tonight that decided to actually lose to the Alliance was Chris Jericho. So, and he lost to an Alliance member test that came from the WWF. The women's match to start the show was just awful. I enjoyed the Chef Boyardee commercial with Kane quite a bit. On a rating scale of Hornswoggle Giant Gonzalez, I am going to rate this episode of Raw. Because of the milk truck angle, I think it deserves a little bit more than Booker Wee, so I'm going to give it a Molly Holly. As there you go. That is Raw from August 20th, 2001. Milkamania is running wild. Next week we'll have our Super Clash 3 review, which actually goes quite nicely with uh, All In because it took place in Chicago. It had a lot of independent wrestling organizations coming together to put on a show. So that'll be our review for next week. We'll also have our reactions probably to All In and anything else that happens in the world of pro wrestling for the first week of September. I'm Intern Alex. We'll see you next week. Bingo, bingo. How did the whole thing with the milk truck come out? That's that's a great... You know what? I, I'd love to take credit for that. But <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Uh, Brian, again, you know, he came up with a great concept. I was having a program with Austin. Austin did the beer truck. You know, now I was the baby face. He was the heel. And, you know, the milk truck just came into effect. And uh, it, it, it will be the uh, most memorable thing I've ever done. At least I... The fans feel that way. Um, even all the great matches I've had, you've had, you know, uh, we've had some, you know, incredible five-star matches in our careers. But uh, for some reason, they remember that more. It's, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's the, 
it's it's the moments. Mm -hmm. It's not just the wrestling. It's the moments. Yeah, the experience is right. I'm known for a light up jacket and a list. (laughs) I love the (laughs) list. The list is great. I saw your like. I saw on Instagram. You asked if you could go on the list. Yes, you can. (laughs) Angle, you just made the list. (laughs) I think it's awesome, man. So tell me, let's talk a little more about the milk truck. When you show up that day, did they get a milk truck from the dairy, or what the hell was it? Uh, You know, they got this old ass 1955 (laughs) milk truck. It was actually brilliant, and the thing is i asked vince i said am i really gonna spray milk uh you know with with this hose How, where are you getting the damn milk and he goes no it's water with white food coloring <laughs> so um the thing is i when i did it um I didn't really uh, realize that, you know, when I got up on that hood that when everything was wet, I was slipping all over the place. I almost didn't get up there. And uh, and I finally did it, and I sprayed them, and I, I did the whole thing, and I did the Austin, you know, with the milk cartons. I hit them together and drank it. And I literally, right when I got done, I had to catch a flight. Uh-huh. So I went straight to the airport, and I'm on the flight, and after about three hours, I'm sleeping. All of a sudden, everybody's going, what the hell is that smell? <laughs> it's my shoes. I still had them on from the, the milk truck incident. <laughs> so everybody in first class is pissed off at me. It was so Sour funny. milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 